When we were kids, my sister and I were not allowed to enter the living room on Christmas morning until our parents were up and they had had coffee, probably. And being the oldest, I felt it was my only responsibility to encourage everyone to rise and shine as soon as I did. They're laughing. They're, my parents and sister are here. They can testify to this. Which was usually when the sun was suddenly starting to lighten my room around 6.45, 7 a.m. And I remember creeping down the hallway, trying my best to avoid all the squeaky boards. And aren't all hallways squeaky boards when you're trying to be sneaky? To my sister's room to give her a Christmas morning pounce. And then we both peek through the glass doors, wishing we had x-ray vision to see through the curtains and the walls around the corner to see what Santa had brought us. And we'd make just enough noise to make sure our parents were out of bed and had their eternally long cups of coffee. Then they would tell us to wait some more. They had to go in ahead of us to turn on the lights and plug in the tree. And it felt like to take another nap before letting us in. But it was also difficult once we got into the living room. Our eyes would be sweeping over our gifts like searchlights trying to figure out what we'd gotten, but we had to start with our stockings first and get our pictures made or pose for the camera with our stockings that we couldn't peek or touch or reach into until the perfect picture had been taken. All of this waiting, all of this anticipation, all while trying to remember the reason for the season and we weren't just excited for the presents. Christmas is difficult. It's also difficult for adults, too, but for many different reasons. I mean, now there's all the preparation that the stores helpfully get us in the mood for the day after Halloween. And that can feel overwhelming, to me anyway, when every year I vow it's going to be simpler this year. I'm just, I'm just going to not get so much stuff. I'm just not going to get overwhelmed. But finding gifts that are thoughtful and personal, unique but useful and reasonably priced, that's a challenge. Hosting a family gathering or for friends, making sure everybody's got the right food and not this food because there's some allergies or there's some preferences or we've got some picky eaters, all of that brings complications. And then you have the meal itself. You have to let go of fixing every single dish. You've got to let somebody else bring the green bean casserole, knowing they'll probably burn the French onions on top, which is the best part. That can be humbling to let it go. But for me, the hardest part of Christmas as an adult isn't waiting for the lights to come on and the doors to open into magic or finding gifts, the perfect ones, or planning and hosting the best meal. The hardest part of Christmas is trusting the season's story, of holding on to the conviction that it matters, treating the story with the full reverence and hope it is full of 
The hardest part for me is believing that because of the story we tell, the world that dwells in shadow and darkness so much of the time, it seems, that this world might exact actually change, that might embrace the good that begins to shine forth from the birth of this small child, and to rethink the ways of domination and power and start to embrace the ways of peace. In short, the hardest part of Christmas as an adult, for me, is believing the news of the angels. Do not be afraid. For see, good news is born this day, and you will know it by signs that are familiar to you. Every year, I'm drawn to the wise words of Meister Eckhart, a German mystic and theologian who lived hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but that keep me going as if he said it yesterday, reminding me to be on the lookout for where God is in the world. He wrote, what good is it to me that Mary gave birth to the Son of God if I do not also give birth to the Son of God in my time and my culture? We are all meant to be mothers of God, for God is always needing to be born. In this Christmas story, we are ushered into the life of Jesus. And in his life and his ministry, we see him raising the lowly to high places, filling the hungry with good things, and being mindful of the mercy long proclaimed to his people. He's been listening to his mother Mary sing her lullaby to him. But sometimes we tell the Christmas story as if that's enough as if this one birth should have healed all that ails us, as if the angels and shepherds did all the witnessing and proclaiming that was needed. And all we have to do now is remember and mark the occasion with solemnity and singing and sweet treats. But every year when we settle in to that remembering, we must also remember it's against the backdrop of continual abuse toward the lowly of our day, the ongoing and willful neglect of those who hunger for food, for acknowledgement, for justice. Every year, we can point to the places in our own communities and countries that cry out for mercy. Because we tell the story so gently, we can forget the threads of fear that are woven through the original story. We can forget the setting of occupation in which this story takes place. We can forget the violence that awaits at every turn. We can forget that this is a story rooted in songs about revolution but people don't tend to sing about revolution when all is well. Mary gave birth to the Son of God in her troubled time and conflicted culture. 
She knew that her willingness to bring something new into the world meant the possibility of profound change for her community and beyond, for people like her, and for all people. This Christmas, can we embrace the challenge to do the same? Can you hear the angel's words to the shepherds anew as part of this challenge? to take on their message, their witness, their proclamation. Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all people. To you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And you know what's good for shepherds is good for all people. Whatever raises up the heads and banishes the fears of poor, broke people raises up the heads and banishes the fears of everyone. The news of the indwelling of God among us brings news of great joy and great discomfort or great opportunities for change in a new direction, depending, of course, on where you see yourself in this Christmas story. My friend and fellow pastor, Nancy Zahested, writes beautifully about how the news of God's coming is received by the various folks we encounter in this sacred season. We were talking about this earlier, and so I want you to listen to what she says. Hear what God may be saying to you blessing you ahead of time with renewed hope, peace, and joy that are waiting in the wings until just the right moment. The breakthrough of God is happening. It's happening in the midst of the dark night of the soul when no one can see clearly and our fears are magnified. God is creating in the darkness of the womb this world. We are Zechariah, saying our prayers in the congregation, carrying our own disappointments with prayers unanswered. And we are stunned into silence by God's promise of new life. We are Elizabeth, Having given up our dreams to our own barrenness, we are shocked that we are not too old or too forgotten for God to remember us with new life. We are Mary, not prepared for big assignments with our two young selves. We are surprised that we have been chosen to carry in our hearts the hope of peace. We burst forth into song of the particular submission that leads to revolt, a longing for tables to turn and for a world safe and merciful and just for our baby. We are Joseph, deciphering our dreams and wondering if the messages can be trusted. We are stepping out in spite of the dangers, striking out with every refugee's desperate hope, 
willing to be led by God's angelic forces into an unseen future. We are the innkeeper. Overwhelmed by strangers with too many needs and too few resources at our door. We are the shepherds on a hillside, seeing in the night sky an odd brightness, ushering in an uncommon peace, and beckoning us to join angels singing. We are the magi, journeying in the night guided by a star of wonder, offering tribute amid tribulation, beguiled by fear-filled rulers, and forced to find another way home. We are the dreamers, the hope bearers, the wanderers, the kneelers, the singers. We are the old ones and the young ones. We are the ones who have seen the breakthrough of God out of the dark night. So sisters and brothers, the same self-concourse of angels that hovered over Bethlehem in the days of yore now circle above us, announcing anew the prospect of a new creation. So have courage this night to trust that the story is not done that the author of time is still at work in you and in our world. And don't be afraid. For see, you are called to bear the Son of God, who will bring great joy and gladness, change and transformation beyond your most faithful imaginations. So when we leave this place, may we too Go and proclaim the good news that we have heard and seen, that God loves us, God chooses us, and God never leaves us alone. Amen.